Good morning, afternoon, evening to you all. May God bless you today. And I don't know how you find yourself. Have you been reading the Bible? I think you have been reading the Bible. I think you have been reflecting and listening to the sermons and reflecting upon them and learning. And when I tell you to read the Bible, well, you need to take the time out for God. And of course, not to exaggerate, because there are people who share with me that they read the Bible day and night, that all of the time they're reading the Bible. And so their family members, their close family members who don't go to church are bothered. And maybe they're uncomfortable and they criticize and they begin to talk and they're angry. And this is when maybe arguments start at home with your family. And so we must be moderate in everything. Moderation. We, of course, need to take time out for God. Ecclesiastes tells us that there is a time for everything. There's a season for everything. And I invite you to read Ecclesiastes. And one of these days, read all of Ecclesiastes. It's a series of rules and teachings for the daily life of human beings. They are reasonings that the proverbist writes of everything that happens in the lives of people, men, women, children, animals, nature. There, we learn many things. We learn how to be prudent, wise, to be moderate and sober-minded so that we also do not fall into maybe perhaps offending people and why maybe there are some misunderstandings and divisions in homes because of the lack of wisdom. There's no wisdom in us. Now, when I tell you if you've read the Bible, well, of course, you do need to take the time out to read the Bible. You take the time for the Lord and to pray and give thanks to God. Each day you need to give thanks to the Lord for the life he gives us. When we open our eyes, it's another day that God gives to our life and God gives us life so that we may take advantage of time and we may live with God and also enjoy many things God gives us in life in this world. God wants us, of course, to enjoy ourselves. And well, we will do that. We do that. But of course, always by the hand of God and praying anytime you have problems, because there are those who do have many problems and hardships, they're sick, many people that are sick, and also uh, psychologically, there are many people that are psychologically ill at home with their families, they can't tolerate them, they don't know what to do, there's no hospitals or doctors for this, there's no medicine, and people are despaired. What you need to do is kneel down before the Lord and pray to him. It's not bad to actually get on your knees and pray. It's actually better for those who can, of course, because there are others who can't because they're sick. They can't get down on their knees. But those who can, if you desire and want to kneel down and close your eyes and to present yourself before God, to ask him for mercy for the sicknesses that your family members have, those who are at home with you, maybe those who are psychologically ill, maybe they have schizophrenia, things like this, ask the Lord and say, deliver them, have mercy. That's 
if you don't know how to pray and you don't have many words, then you say, Lord, have mercy of this loved one, my nephew, my niece, my son, my daughter, my husband, my wife, because I have been told that there have been cases where the husband has a psychological illness. So maybe they're a person who are irresponsible. They don't know how to lead their family their, and treat their wife and children. And so pray to God, ask him for mercy, and he will hear. There is a solution for everything. God can extend his hand and free and deliver people. And so you must learn that everything is with prayer and crying out to the Lord and closing your eyes and saying, Lord, have mercy, have mercy, Lord, because, well, there's nothing to be done. There is no medication for this evil. There's no medication for this uh, sickness that I have, this pain that I have. And so prayer, do not be discouraged. Do not feel alone. And don't say, what am I going to do? I'm going to go mad because I don't know what I'm going to do. But very well today, we are here we're going to praise the lord we're going to glorify our god and before our sermon we will sing to the lord hymn 198 and please search in your hymnal books you can have a seat and get comfortable in your places and we will open in hymn 198 titled there's a lily that dwells in the valleys that lily is in reference to our Lord Jesus Christ. And we find that in Song of Solomon in the Bible, there we find this story or this is a poem that speaks of Jesus Christ and his church. And he is then referred to as that lily that dwells in the valleys. And so we're going to sing, there's a lily that dwells in the valleys, hymn 198. Hay un lirio que habita en los valles, en los valles del huerto de Dios. Ese lirio es Jesús, el dueño de mi amor. Ese lirio es vida al corazón, como el manzano crece. en mi ser en su sombra una vez mi calor refresqué desde entonces soy feliz con él en la voz de mi amado tan dulce que al oírla yo gozo de amor una vez mi Jesús a mi alma habló desde entonces conozco su voz como el manzano crece en los prados así crece mi amado en mi ser en su sombra una vez mi calor refresqué desde entonces soy feliz con él oh qué hermoso es mi lirio escogido 
para él tengo esta dulce canción. Hoy yo quiero cantar y a Cristo esperar cuando Él venga a su iglesia a buscar. Como el manzano crece en los prados, así crece mi amado en mi ser. En su sombra una vez mi calor refresqué, desde entonces soy feliz con él. Oh, levántate, dice mi amado, el invierno ha pasado ya. En su dulce canción, dice a mi corazón, que su iglesia él viene a buscar. Como el manzano crece en los prados, así crece mi amado en mi ser. En su sombra una vez mi calor refresqué, desde entonces soy feliz con él. Glory and honor to our God and thanks be to the Lord. Thanks be to our Heavenly Father, our God of love. And we thank him for the opportunity he's given us to know his name, to know his ways. And we thank him for the privilege, the privilege that God has given us in choosing, electing us, watching over us, calling us, and well, here we are before him. We, we are before the presence of the Lord Almighty God. And we want to please him. We want to praise his name. We want to do his will. We want to be grateful every day of our life that God may help us, that we may achieve and attain this goal and that we be faithful to God every day until our death. And so today we will be reflecting on our Lord Jesus Christ and abiding all of us, those who have known him, we must abide in the Lord Jesus Christ. What is it to abide in the Lord? It is to follow him, believe in him, wait in him, not to doubt his word, praying, praising his name, glorifying his name, singing to him, always reflecting on him, and turning away from everything that is wrong and evil. This we call to abide in the Lord. So today our teaching is to abide in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we will be reading in the New Testament in the epistles in the epistle of John, 1 John, it was his first epistle of John the Evangelist, 
First John chapter 2, we will be reflecting on what the Apostle is teaching concerning abiding in the Lord and what are the benefits that we receive by abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 2, verse 1. 2, verse 6 says the following. The apostle says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. So he's saying, or he's calling the believers little children, the followers of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, if anyone sins, so the apostle is saying, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. Now, this verse, it does not mean that after you convert to the Lord and after you're already walking in the ways of God and enjoying the spiritual gifts and God's blessing, that person then persists in sin, continues on in sin. Because let us remember in Hebrews, a person, they live in the ways of the Lord and they enjoy the spiritual blessings, and then maybe they regress, they fall back, meaning they sin again. Well, for this person, there is no opportunity anymore. What awaits them is a terrible punishment. But here, the apostle is speaking to the, to the people who had made or committed the sin, but they were listening to the word of God. They were listening, and this is why he speaks to two groups, to the little children who have converted to the Lord, but also to those who have not converted. Well, he or they considered that they were in sin and, or were committing sins. And this is why he says, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. Yes, our Lord Jesus Christ is that advocate, the one who forgives sins and who tells the Father, forgive them. Forgive them because remember, I sacrificed myself on the cross of Calvary. I shed my blood so that all those who believe in me, their sins would be forgiven. Remember, Father. And so this is why I made the sacrifice. And now I ask you for these who have sinned and they are repenting. And so I ask that you forgive them. This is the work that our Lord Jesus Christ has done. From the day that there on the cross of Calvary, he gave his life. He shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins. And from that time, God has been working with the world, with mankind, with those who have opened their heart to God. The Lord has been working in this wonderful ministry of the kingdom of heaven. And this is why the Lord has mercy of those who have sinned. They have sinned. And so the Lord says, I forgive you. Live a new life. Live a holy, upright life, just as when the Lord told the woman when she had been caught in the act of adultery. And the Pharisees, the Jews, they said, well, in the law of Moses, these type of women ought to be stoned. Those who are caught in adultery, they need to be stoned. And our Lord Jesus Christ in his mercy forgave this woman. He forgave her that sin and said, go and sin no more go 
I think this woman obeyed because later on the story tells us that she did follow the Lord. She repented. Our Lord Jesus Christ forgave her. She began to abide and to walk in the Lord or walk with the Lord. And there the life with the Lord begins. You begin to abide with him. Now in verse two, it says, and Jesus Christ, he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. So all the people who believe in the Lord. Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. And so here, to abide in the Lord, it is also to keep the commandments of God. And the commandments of God, they are to turn away from all that we call sin. That or those are the commandments of God. We cannot sin. We cannot commit any type of sin because the Lord forbids it in his commandments. Now, today we have our Lord Jesus Christ and he helps us to change. He helps our flesh, our body. He transforms it and helps to take away that sinning tendency so that we are able to please God. And this we call to keep his commandments. And so to abide in the Lord among other things is to keep the commandments of God. Now in verse four, now John continues to say, he who says, so any man or woman who says, I know him or I know the Lord Jesus Christ and does not keep his commandments, it says, such a person is a liar and the truth is not in him. This is true. Now, I've heard many people who say, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. But I see them committing adultery. I see them fornicating. I see them stealing. I see them kidnapping people, violating people and are envious. They're conning people, lying to them. I see these people do these things. And then you ask them, well, what religion are you? Well, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I believe in God, but they are sinning. They are not keeping the commandments of the Lord. And so this person is then a liar. And so verse four is true. This is a reality. It says, I know this person says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, meaning they're sinning all the time. Such a person is a liar and the truth is not in him. He is not, or she is not abiding in the Lord. Now they say to believe in God and to be a Christian, but they are not keeping the commandments. They do not abide in the Lord. Verse five, but whoever keeps his word, whoever keeps his word, man or woman who keeps his commandments, this person, truly the love of God is perfected in him. So this person, that love of God is perfected in this man or woman who is keeping the commandments of the Lord. And it says, by this, we know that we are in him. 
So again, by this we know that we are in him. He who says, so man or woman, that he abides in him, in Jesus Christ, ought himself also to walk just as he walked. So they must walk as he walked. They must abide in the word of the Lord, in his commandments, so that in this way, the Lord may be with this person, may walk with that person, and this man or woman may have fellowship with God. Now, when I'm asked, what does it mean to have fellowship with God? Well, it's this. To have fellowship with God, it is to turn away from all evil, turn away from sins, to turn away from all that is wicked, and to keep the commandments of God, to do His will. This is what we refer to when we say to abide in the Lord. And this we call having fellowship with God. Now, we're going to be reading in verse 14. Let us read verse 14 of the same chapter 2 here in John. Verse 14. It says, I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. Now, John, he wrote epistles, letters of exhortation and teaching to the elders, to the youth, to people of different ages he wrote to. And here he is writing to the fathers. He says, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Now he is saying the, the youth of that time, they were being strong and courageous and they have overcome the wicked one and they were following the path of God just as the adults were. And so in verse 15, it says, do not love the world. Do not love the world or the things in the world. So someone might ask, what is the world and what are the things of the world? Well, it's everything we call sin, idolatry, witchcraft, sorcery, omens, superstitions, magic, everything that is a sin, idolatry, worshiping demons, worshiping the dead, worshiping things in nature, objects that are inanimate, stones, lagoons, rivers. There are people who revere rivers, others revere lagoons, and they offer sacrifices, honor them. Others honor the sun and the moon and stars and zodiac signs. They honor and worship these things, and they have many gods, and there is a god for everything. There is a god of rain, the god of thunder, the god of lightning, the god of shortage, the god of poverty, the god of abundance. There is a god for everything. The god of happiness, the god of sadness, well, all sorts, the god of love. And so all of this is the world. Drunkenness, uh, revelries, lewdness, the lusts of the flesh, all of that is the world. Theft, violations, breaking the law, all of that is the world. 
what else can we say there are so many things well i think we are we don't have enough time to exactly mention everything that is the world maybe cons lies deceit covetousness usury all of that is the world adultery fornication all of that is the world all of the exaggerations that people do that men do with their bodies the things that they do with their bodies everything that they invent and make up all of that is the world now when it says do not love the world it's not saying do not love the earth the physical earth that we're on no it's everything that is done and practiced in the world everything that human beings do that is the world now this is why in verse 15 it says do not love the world or the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father of god is not in him so he does not abide in him god is not in this person and it means that this man or this woman is not abiding in the lord now when people are irresponsible for example with their uh, families there are women who go and abandon their children that is the world when there are husbands that are irresponsible and they go and they abandon their children that is the world when they do not keep up with their responsibilities with their family that is the world that's the world and it says whoever loves the world and practices all of these things well the love of god is not in him meaning this person man or woman does not abide in the lord they are not abiding in god now verse 16 says now i hope that you're reading along with me for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh right because all of these things are the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life for example the lust of the eyes what do people look at in the world well so many things so the world and the devil has made up so many things for the eyes so that the eyes are delighted in watching and at the same time they that person begins to sin and turn away from god and so people then they go some places and they're naked they're because you must delight your eyes and what do we also find in the media what do we find in the multimedia industry in the images and technology that we see through the internet what do you find what do you see well they show you they even present to you the hell and the devil and all its demons they imagine that and so they present it and they are blocking the they're basically destroying the wisdom of all of these children and, and they're doing these things with their bodies their own bodies so that others also are then delighted by that and so again the lust of the eyes everything that is in the world the lust of the flesh the flesh of course is our body and so those lusts like people that you normally see fornication adultery theft uh cons and, and deceit uh there's different types of bribes and breaking the law those are the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life the pride of life 
well people feel proud that they have or they don't have or what they are and that they can enjoy and they can do this and that and so maybe a woman became a man or a man became a woman that is the pride of life as well because they feel proud because they're that way because they think that way and they contradict god they contradict nature that god placed upon each person and what is normal and so this pride of life it does not come from god but it's of the world this is why he says do not love the world or the things that are in the world now in verse 17 and it says the world is passing away and the lust of it but he who does the will of god abides abides in god abides in the lord forever forever from in this life and in eternity so those who do the will of god to abide in the lord jesus christ is doing the will of god it is keeping his commandments and turning away from all that is wrong verse 18 says little children it is the last hour yes the last hour because there is no other opportunity of salvation our lord jesus christ the messiah has come and the world rejected him the world did not know him they did not recognize him they rejected him and humiliated him and apparently killed him on the cross of the calvary and so the messiah came and no one realized it but he has been manifesting himself from that time on over 2000 years he is manifesting himself making himself known to us and to those who want to follow the way of god with those who want to abide in the lord now this is why the apostle says this is the last hour because well there are no other opportunities in the time of antiquity when we read in the old testament we read the books of moses we read the prophets we find that god was speaking for the future speaking great beauties for the future and what was to come in the future salvation the promises of renewing and changing one's life of joy and happiness and walking with god it was spoken for the future now this future has come to pass with jesus christ he the messiah now this is why the apostle says this is the last hour there is no more time what awaits us now from here on out is when the lord jesus christ comes in the clouds well then we all must be prepared to ascend and meet up with him and so it is the last hour and as you have heard that the antichrist is coming even now many antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour so there are many antichrists even from that time and even to this day there are many antichrists now what is antichrist well it is not believing that jesus christ is the son of god that jesus christ is the messiah he is the savior of the world in not believing in that well it means that this person man or woman is an antichrist and so do not forget what antichrist means it's those who do not believe in jesus christ of nazareth as the messiah as the son of god as the savior so that you are not confused because there are many that do get confused very well now verse 19 says they went out from us but they were not of us 
Yes, they went out from us, the apostle is saying, of those who were called, well, there were few that were chosen. And of those who were not chosen, that's where the Antichrist came from. For it says, for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, believing in the Lord. Now it says, they would have continued with us, but they went out, that they might be made manifest, that not that none of them were of us but you have an anointing from the holy one meaning the holy spirit and you know all things so it says you have the anointing of the holy one the holy spirit but you truly now know what it means to have the holy spirit for a person to know they have the holy spirit and that it is manifesting they must speak in tongues another tongue a heavenly tongue and also they need to partake in the spiritual gifts in prophecy it is the only way for you to know that the holy spirit is manifesting himself in your life and so this anointing of the holy spirit it's through him you know all things you know that you truly are by the hand of god and that we are abiding abiding with our lord because he has changed us he is renewing us he has given us new life and we have turned away from all those sins we are keeping the commandments of god and every day it will be better because every day there comes perfection until we do reach that perfection this is what the lord says we must abide in the lord in order to reach this state now 21 i have not written to you because you do not know the truth but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth now who is a liar but he who denies that jesus is the christ he is antichrist who denies the father and the son so if they deny our lord jesus christ well they also deny the father and son and whoever denies the son does not have the father either he who acknowledges the son has the father also meaning we must believe in the father son and the holy spirit so that we are able then to say that we abide in god to abide in the Lord, in Jesus Christ. Now, in verse 24, it reads, Therefore, or what you've read, therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. And it says, if you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and the Father. And so we have to abide in the lord now here in 25 and this is the promise that he has promised us our lord made this promise eternal life he promised us eternal life now these things i have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you but the anointing of the holy spirit which you have received from him abides in you meaning when a person receives the holy spirit the Holy Spirit now abides in this person when this person has made the decision and has continued forward in this path and is steadfast and stands in the Lord and abides in the Lord all the time. Because if this person maybe turns back, then the Holy Spirit also abandons them and leaves them alone. So to abide in the Lord, to have the Holy Spirit, to have the spiritual gifts, but also to abide and continue forward until the day of our death. Now, this is why it says, be faithful until death. Now, in verse 27, but the anointing which you have received from him, from God, abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. 
But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him to abide in God, to abide in the Lord. So you see now to abide in God, we must have the Holy Spirit and have the spiritual gifts to have those marvelous spiritual experiences with which God manifests himself in a congregation. Now, verse 28 and now, little children, abide in him, meaning Christ. Then when he appears, meaning when he comes in the clouds for his church, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. So we must practice righteousness was it what is it to practice righteousness what is that well to be upright to turn away from sin not to practice sin not to do anything wrong or any wrongdoing that is to practice righteousness it is to keep the commandments of god that is to practice righteousness and those who do these things they are abiding in the Lord. Now we're going to chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, in verse 6. It says, whoever, meaning man or woman, whoever abides in him, Christ, does not sin. Here, he is emphasizing and ensuring that everyone who abides in the Lord Jesus Christ does not sin now there is another verse that said that the children of god do not practice sin and so people will say because people say oh well we are all children of god that's what you hear people say oh we're all children of god all the millions and the millions of the people in the world we're all children of god well that is a lie <laughs> not all are children of god because they those who are children of god are those who do not practice sin those who keep the commandments of the lord the commandments of god they are the true children of god and it says whoever man or woman who abides in the lord jesus christ does not sin whoever sins has neither seen him, meaning God, nor known him. And so you see, not all are children of God. Our Lord Jesus Christ, when he was on earth and preaching in Jerusalem, he was preaching the kingdom of heaven, and there were many that listened. And the Pharisees, the, the Sadducees, they were the enemies of God and criticized him and put down his teaching. And they would say to the Lord, well, we're the children of our father, Abraham. And the Lord said many things to them. And he would throw their sin in their face and say, you are not the children of your son, of your father, Abraham. You are the children of the devil because you are doing the works of the devil. The devil has sinned from the beginning. He has sinned from the beginning and he is doing all sorts of sin constantly. And you are committing that sin, so you are the sons of the devil. A very harsh thing to hear. Who wouldn't be offended? Well, many. 
and the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and always. And the Lord also says the same today. Those who are committing sin are the sons of the devil or children of the devil. And so we must be children of God. We must abide in the Lord Jesus Christ so we do not sin. Because if you sin, well, then we have not known God. It says, you've neither seen him nor known him. Verse 7, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. So those who do not practice sin is righteous. To be righteous is not to commit sin. Now, in 8, or again, he, our Lord, is righteous. And he who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Now in verse 24, now we go to verse 24. Now he who keeps his commandments, so he or she who keeps his commandments abides in him, meaning God. Just like the verse where we read that everyone who is born of God does not commit sin, because God abides in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. And there is a verse that offends those who are in this error or weakness. Verse 10 says, in this the children, verse 10, in this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Now people will say, well, the Lord is harsh in teaching. Now, whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Now in verse 24, and this, or who, he who keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. How important it is to have the presence and the manifestation of the spirit of God or the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our congregations. Because God, it is the Holy Spirit, the only one who teaches us, corrects us. He comes to teach our conscience and how we are before God, who we are and where we're going, if we are walking in the right path or not. The Spirit of God, the spiritual gifts, it is the guidance that we have. It is the manifestation of God among us. That is what we have. This is what clarifies things, takes away doubts, and teaches us what it means to abide in the Lord and how it is we please Him and how to live with God and have fellowship with the Lord and how it is that we are walking down this path because we cannot walk blindly, but we need to have a light, a guide, in order to be able to walk down this path. And so, thanks be to the Lord, thanks be to the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts. And so we, we have to prepare our hearts. We have to prepare our hearts to continue forward and to abide in the Lord and to be children of God. Now, all those who abide in him do not sin. We need to abide in the Lord to not sin. We need to do these things. And by doing so, then we can say we abide in the Lord. 
Now, people might say, well, how hard this is. How hard it is not to sin. If you have not made a decision and if in your heart you don't love God and you don't want to please God, you don't want to do God's will, and you want to live your life, well, then it is hard. It is hard for you to abide in the Lord. It is difficult not to sin. But if you love God and you want the best things for yourself and you want those benefits because loving God, to walk with the Lord, to abide in the Lord has many benefits. And so you need to make an effort and you need to devote yourself to God and say, Lord, I want to please you. I want to live with you. I want to abide in your love and mercy and that your hand may lead me in life and that I may walk down this path right and that you may guide me. I want to please you. And so God will help you. He helps you because it is the Lord who helps us to change and take away all of the burdens and chains and ties that are invisible that the enemy places on our bodies. And the Lord takes all of that away. And then we can say, yes, I have been able to abandon many bad things in my life that I used to do because God has freed me. He has cleansed me and the Holy Spirit, the spiritual gifts have been in my life. And so I've been changing. Now I feel happy. Now I feel complete. And so we must abide in the Lord, but you must prepare your heart, open it so that he may help us to change. Now in chapter four, in chapter four, verse 12. Verse 12 reads, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. Now to love one another, this is something that people misinterpret. People misinterpret loving one another because of loving one another. What does that mean? Well, it means I am not going to harm my equals. I am not going to harm my equals, those who are around me. I do not want to go and steal from them. For example, I'm not going to uh, con them and lie to this person. This person, I don't know them. But I don't want to deceive them. I don't want to take what belongs to them. I shouldn't do that. I need to respect that that is theirs. I, I need to enjoy what is mine what I make with my own efforts and with my work. And to love your equals, for example, a marriage, if the man loves him, or uh, if the woman loves her husband and he loves her and they respect each other and value each other, well, then they would not dare and go be unfaithful. They would not dare be unfaithful because they respect him or she respects him because they have this commitment this we call to love one another i cannot go and deceive someone and tell a lie to a person and 
cause them to fall and fail and to fall into ruin or even a danger in deceiving them and telling them a lie. I can't do that. And so people say, well, my conscience forbids me. Well, yes, in my conscience, God is there. And he has taught me that I need to respect the life of other human beings. I cannot go before someone and I can't give them a drink so that they go to sleep and are intoxicated or poisoned. You can't do that. Why? Because you love and you respect your equals. That person has rights, just as I have my rights. The right to life, the right to respect, and the right to my well-being. And so all have that, have all have that right. And so that means love. That is to love your equals, to love one another, to respect. And that if someone is in danger, if someone is maybe in danger in the brink of death, whoever they might be, I immediately go to help them. I run to lend them a hand. I don't know them. I don't know who this person is, but they are my equal. And so I go and I help them. I help them however I can. This is what we call to love one another. And so to love one another is to not commit sin. Now, if there is someone who maybe kidnaps, there's a kidnapper, there's a group of kidnappers, and they say, okay, we're going to kidnap people, and we're going to ask for money, we're going to take revenge upon these people, and we're going to kidnap them because we're going to take vengeance. Well, this person does this. They go and kidnap someone, and they're harming people. They are not loving them. But if they did love one another, well, then they would say, well, how can we go kidnap them? We would be harming them. We would be causing them to suffer. We can't do that. People have the right to their freedom and to live well and to have peace. They have the right to have peace. We can't do this. We, we shouldn't do this. This is what we call to love one another. That is loving one another and not wishing any type of evil upon anyone not desiring and not doing it this is loving one another respecting human beings respecting the norms and to be well disciplined and doing all things right so that there is a perfect society that everyone may live in harmony and with respect, discipline, and organization, and uh, cleanness, uh, how beautiful it is to have a city like that. Now, with good reason, there's uh, many cities and, and governments that they speak of utopias. Imagine how these type of utopias would be so nice. It would be perfect. But God does teach that we must be this way. We must be wise and careful and and be respectful and value others. The Lord teaches us to be well-mannered, to respect people. That is to love one another. And so now here in verse 12, so no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. And so when we love one another well it means that god is dwelling in our hearts he's abiding in our hearts and so you 
examine your life and take a look. Take a look who you have hate for, who you have a resentment for, who you have uh, grudges for, because someone says to me, well, that person harmed me so much in life. They caused me to suffer. Look at all the things they've done. How could I forgive that person? How could I not have a grudge or resentment with all of the harm they've done? What can I do? Well, simply do not hold a grudge or hatred or revenge in your heart. Do not keep that in your heart. It does not mean that you need to be with that person together and spending time and having breakfast or lunch and have a friendship. No, you, you distance yourself because maybe you say, well, the friendship is over because they did harm me so much. So the friendship is done and you live your life and I'll live my own. But I do not have hate or any grudge or hatred for you. The friendship is lost. The trust is lost. And so you live far away i live far away and i forget that you exist this is what you can do this is what you can do but to not hold that grudge and harbor that grudge and hatred to leave everything in god's hands for he is the one who gives payment and charges and so we must learn brothers and sisters what it means to love one another and when the lord in his commandment and he said, first, love God above all things, even above yourself. And he also says, and love your neighbor as yourself, meaning love others like you would love yourself. And what does that mean? Well, I don't want anything bad to happen to me. I don't want to feel hunger. I don't want to feel cold. I don't want to feel pain. I don't want anyone to hurt me, anyone to offend me. I don't want that. Well, since I don't want that for myself, well, then I won't do that to anyone else. That's what it means. And love your neighbor as yourself. And I hope that our God helps us to understand and comprehend what it means to love one another. Now in verse 16, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us in that love that God has had for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And so God is love. And if we abide in God, God also then abides in us. And in this way, we will do the works of God keeping the commandments of the Lord, pleasing our Lord, being happy, and we also then make others happy as well. In John, now we go to the gospel according to John, no longer the epistle, now we're going to the gospel according to John. John chapter 15. John 15. And it reads, our Lord Jesus Christ was preaching the kingdom of heaven. Our Lord Jesus, he was greatly delighted in teaching his word through parables, metaphors, symbols. 
And to those that were good listeners, those who had a, an open heart for him. And so in verse one, he said, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Now the vine is a grape, a grape tree. Now it says every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now this is somebody who abides in the Lord. He is the vine and who abides in the Lord? Well, the branches. Now the branches abide in the Lord. Now this, this branch that does not bear fruit, he removes, he takes away. But those that do bear fruit, he prunes so that they can bear more fruit. Verse three, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Well, the Lord was speaking to his apostles and he was speaking to the people that were listening to him at the time. And he said, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you with the doctrine that I have taught you. I have cleaned you. I have taken away all of those false, all of the false knowledge, all of the falsehood that has existed in your minds, all of those false concepts that you had about life. I have taken that away with my teachings, my doctrine, with my examples and testimony, with the signs and the miracles, with all that you have seen, you have been cleansed. Your consciences have been cleansed and your minds have been cleansed. You've been taking away many vain concepts that are of no use. And now you are clean. Your heart is clean. Your mind is clean and pure is what the Lord said, because you have abided in me from the day I chose you. He told his apostles, the day that I elected you, you have remained with me. And this is why you have learned a lot and you have a lot. And so the Lord says to them, verse four, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you, unless you abide in me. So you are not able to bear fruit. You must abide in me in order to bear that fruit. We must abide in the Lord in order to bear fruits. Now, how many times has the Holy Spirit said to us that we need to bear fruits and to carry those fruits and work for the Lord? Because one day we present ourselves before him and we need to present all of the fruits of the work that we have done of all that we have realized here on earth or in this life. And that we must present good fruits and so in order to present those good fruits, we must abide in the Lord. To abide in the Lord is again, not to sin, but to keep his commandments. And in the end, with our testimony, win over many souls for the Lord. In verse five, it says, I am the vine. 
You are the branches, the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And this is true because the testimonies and the life that I've seen, that I've lived in the Lord, and we have seen, I've seen people who have followed the Lord, their life and their testimony, their change of life, the effort that they've had in continuing on and seeking the Lord, loving Him. I've seen their progress, prosperity, and people's blessings, how God has prospered them, how God has blessed them and given them so much joy and peace, has opened doors, uh, material doors in life so that they never lack anything, has opened doors spiritually as well for the spiritual gifts, and has used many people with the spiritual gifts. God hears the prayers of people and you hear them testify of the joy that they feel because they have abided in the Lord. And I say as a testimony that now in the 50 years that I have been knowing this word of God and experiencing all of the different experiences with the Holy Spirit and the marvelous spiritual gifts, and I have seen them in me and in other people, his manifestation, God's manifestation. And this has filled me with joy, gladness, happiness. This has allowed me to have spiritual growth. And I thank the Lord for the happiness that he has granted me these 50 years. The peace, the joy, and the confidence in God, the trust in God. Because there have been moments of difficulty in life. There has been tribulation. But in those moments of hardship and tribulation, well, we pray to God. We cry out to him and share with him what is happening. And so the Lord then says, well, don't worry about what is going on. Do not worry because I will help you move forward. I will protect you. I will preserve you. I will not allow the devil to come and harm you and cause you to suffer. I will not allow it. I will protect you. Continue. And so what have I done? I have trusted in the Lord and this produces happiness. This produces happiness because you are trusting in someone who is going to be with us because we are abiding in a superior being. And what can we say of all that I have seen of people and their testimonies and the miracles God has worked for them all in, in their life? How God has manifested in all of them who have abided in the Lord. How beautiful it is when someone tells me, Sister, I've been in the church for 40 years. And others say, I've been in the church for 45, 35. We feel proud. We feel proud to abide in the Lord all of that time and to abide until the end of life. This is what is beautiful. And this is the invitation that the Lord Jesus Christ makes us. There is no other. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. There is no other one coming. We must take advantage of this because he made the promise here in the Old Testament of sending the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts. And this is what we are enjoying today. We are enjoying the marvelous spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit and God's guidance in his spirit. And so we continue here in this promise that our Lord Jesus Christ made to his disciples and that today we are also enjoying. 
Now in verse six, it reads, if anyone does not abide in me, if anyone does not abide in me, so we must abide in the Lord, of course, but he says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Yes, they become in firewood or wood fire to be burnt. Those who do not abide in the Lord. And so we must reflect, think in our Lord Jesus Christ, that he is he who Father God was going to send, and of which the prophet spoke of, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all of them spoke. They spoke of the Messiah, of who would come. It is our Lord Jesus Christ. He came. He gave signs. He showed great proof of all that he, he did, that he was who God sent. And there is no other. We're not waiting for anyone else. Now, what awaits us is in the clouds. It tells us he's coming in the clouds to gather his church, his new people that he is forming, made up of people of many nations. And so if you have any doubts, if you have any small bit of doubt, kneel down, close your eyes and say, Lord, show me the truth. Show me because I doubt, because I don't understand. I can't accept this because there have been so many years that I have been taught a different doctrine. And so it is so hard for me to believe. So hard for me to believe in something that is so deep inside of me. But please show me. And if you do so with a sincere heart, the Lord will reveal and show to you and will say, yes, it is Jesus Christ. Abide in him. Convert to him. In verse 7, it reads, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. What a promise the Lord made here. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, in your heart, then ask me in prayer all that you desire, all that you want. Ask that of the Father, and the Father will grant it. Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. The Father is glorified in that we bear much fruit, so that we will be the disciples of the Lord and that we are always abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. We must abide in the Lord. But if you doubt, if you are not trusting, if you are fearful, if maybe you are listening to the other people, they're telling you, oh, go to this place and eat this certain food and, and, and have this certain herb and this water because this brings you good luck. If you are trusting in all of those things, 
well, then you are completely turned away from God. If you have heard the word of God and you've had experiences and you still go around believing in omens and that you need to put on certain necklaces and, and bracelets and they have certain charms on them from whatever given country and that you need to wear a certain color so many different types of omens and charms and superstitions that people have made up the devil has made up if you continue to believe in that well then you are not abiding in the lord you are not trusting in god because they tell you oh well in order to cause all witchcraft to go away well then you need to wear a certain color oh to cause witchcraft to flee you need to place this in your home at the door uh, in the different walls you need to put these objects in order to cause witchcraft to flee you cause witchcraft to flee with prayer to god abide in the lord and you won't need any type of charm not any type of color not any type of object or rock you don't need any of that in life in order to cause the forces of evil to flee what you need to have is god in your heart in your conscience do god's will keep his commandments pray to him cry out to him that is all he works the miracle he does the work he acts and so you don't need to do anything oh i need to travel to a certain place because there's a mountain there and there on that mountain a holy saint appears and i need to bring the water back from a fountain a special fountain that's in that place and so you travel to go bring the water or to bring the mud because people say oh this is good luck this is useful to cause certain things to flee away from you. And so all of the different components people make up to try and deceive. And so you are then distrusting God because you are not abiding in the Lord if you believe in those things. Those who abide in the Lord do not think of these things. God is powerful. It is enough for me to cry out to him and say, Lord, look, I have this pain, this sickness. Lord, look witchcraft sorcery is being cast against me rebuke those those demons and the lord says do not worry i will not allow demons to come to your body and torment you or to make you sick and so this is how god is and that is abiding in the lord now here i'll once again uh, reread verse 9 as the father loved me i also have loved you abide in my love if you keep my commandments right keeping the commandments of God is not to sin. It says, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ said. This is what the Lord says that when he was here on earth as a human being, he kept the commandments of the father. He did not sin. He lived a perfect upright life without sin because he wanted to give us an example and so he kept or he abided in the father and we we also ought to abide in the lord so that we do not sin now let us remember those who abide in the lord do not sin 
And so this is what we want. We desire with all our heart for God to help us and to abide in him and that the Lord may transform us, change us, that we live an upright life before him and that the Lord may take us by his hand always uh, with any difficult time in life, in any place, in any danger, crying out to the Lord in that moment. And he is there ready and attentive to listen if we abide in him. May my God, my Lord, may he have mercy of all of those who are not yet abiding in the Lord. And may all understand and value that abiding in the Lord is the best thing. The honor and the glory be for our God. And we thank the Lord. We thank the Lord for this opportunity and for reflecting in his word and learning about him. And I know that his power and his spirit is coming to the hearts of each person. And he is going to give us that joy, that enthusiasm to continue forward, to continue on in this fight. May my God bless you greatly. And now we're going to pray to the Lord. Let us pray, O Heavenly Father, Eternal God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We have been reflecting here in the words of our Lord Jesus Christ when he taught that he was that vine, that tree, and that all those who have believed in him, in you, and have believed in you, all of them who in that time also believed, they were added to this tree. And that we today, we, we are those branches. We desire to be those branches. That we may be joined to you, that is that tree. And that we, Lord, may bear fruit. Bear good fruits always, every day of our life. That we may bear fruit. So that we may bring many fruits before your presence so that we may work with great enthusiasm in life, so that our heart may be joyful and that we also make the hearts of others joyful as well with our experiences, with our example, with our testimony, that people may be admired and marveled of your word, of your manifestation, of all that you do, all that you give us, in the midst of the congregation, of all that you do in our personal lives, that all may know your work, all may know your marvels, all may know your love, all may know your existence. And that each of us, we may always be with you, Lord, abiding in you. Help us, Lord, to abide in you Help many people to understand and comprehend your doctrine, your ways, and your word. And look, Lord, there are many that are suffering. They are suffering because the devil has sent many evil spirits to their lives. And there are many that are suffering because they are being tormented by evil spirits. They are being tormented by witchcraft and sorcery. There are many people that are suffering, Lord. And Lord, you know that we too, we suffer and we are hurt by other people's pain. 
And I would like, Lord, that all those people to be happy as I am happy with you. And I would like for all to live peace and joy in that which you've given me and what I experience knowing you, that all may be happy, that all may feel your presence, and that all may testify and speak and say that they are happy. But I don't want them to be bitter or lonely, to be filled with pain or sickness or have shortage. Those that are suffering maybe famine, suffering many different sicknesses. And they are also lacking all the basic things. Lord, remember them all, Father. Look upon them. Extend your hand and bless them. Help them so that they may know you. And so that they too may begin to believe and understand your ways. And that they may convert to you so they may enjoy your presence abiding in your love as well heavenly father extend your mighty hand deliver each person and take away sicknesses take away the diseases and pain there's so many diseases and sicknesses that i had never heard that even existed but you know all things and i pray lord for those people that are suffering all of these different types of rare sicknesses that not even medical doctors know or have even discovered and much less could they give relief or medicine for. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy of all of these people and take away all of the pains, all the diseases of all of those who cry out to you and ask you. Heavenly Father, extend your mighty healing hand, delivering hand. May you cleanse each person, Lord, delivering and healing, breaking the chains, breaking the ties, breaking all witchcraft, sorcery, curses of the devil, destroy it all. Give them peace and joy. Bless each person, Lord. Thank you, Holy Father. Thank you, Lord, for listening to our prayer, for listening to the cry and the pleas we make. In the glorious name of Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, I pray to you. And I also ask, Lord, for the petitions and the desires of the heart and all the people's needs that you may extend your hand, Lord. If you want to bless these people do so lord all according to your will and all according to what is best for each of them thank you lord in the name of jesus christ the honor and the glory is for you now and evermore amen glory to our god let us sing to the lord course number 137 titled oh what a wonder oh what a wonder that our lord exists oh what a wonder that we have known this path and we Qué maravilla que Cristo me halló y por su gracia mi alma salvó. Qué maravilla me infunde alegría, pues todas mis culpas su sangre borró. Qué maravilla que Cristo me halló. Y por su gracia mi alma salvó. Qué maravilla me infunde alegría, pues todas mis culpas su sangre borró. Blessed and praised is our Lord, and glorified is the name of my God. May the Lord bless you greatly.
seguir adelante, mis queridos hermanos, hermanas, my dear brothers and sisters, and all of the rest of the people who have the opportunity to listen and to watch this teaching. May God bless you greatly. I love you. And a greeting to the children. Many kisses to the children as well. Many hugs to you all. Thank you. I love you in the Lord.